Welcome, Holy Spirit. We give you this time. We give you this room. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We give you our cares. We give you our past. We give you our future. And we stand surrendered in your presence to receive from you tonight. I want to share with you something that happened in the last couple of weeks. A lady at my work, she's been with me for a little while. A few weeks ago, I felt led to share my testimony with her. I shared it and shared the gospel. And she said, you know, she's in her mid-60s and she said, I haven't thought about God since I was 15. That was the last time I was in a church. It was the last time I thought about God. It's been 50 years. And she said, but I feel like I need to come to church. So she came a couple of weeks ago and she received the word and God pinpointed something that had been keeping her captive for about 10 years. And I spoke to her at work and she was amazed and just she was just processing it all. And then a couple of days ago, she came into my office and she said, I have to tell you something. She goes, Jesus came to me last night in my dream. And he didn't say anything. He just showed me his heart. And she said it was so bright, such a bright red color. And I love that because it's God keeping true to his promise that if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And... He just wanted her to see his heart. She said, I know he loves me now because he, he showed me his heart. And yeah, the heart represents his love. The heart represents life. Life more abundantly. And the heart represents his blood. That through his blood we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So we worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your heart, for each person here tonight. I thank you that as they draw near to you, you do draw near to them. Your word says that if we seek you with all our heart, we'll find you. I thank you you're revealing yourself to every person here, making yourself known, making your heart known. making their destiny known. And we love you and we worship you. We give you the glory. And we thank you for what you're going to do here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand.
Amen. You can be seated. Welcome, everyone. How are we all? All right, the kids have forgotten about the kids' room tonight. No, please open that door. <laughs> so the kids' room's for kids aged four and up. So unfortunately, if they're under four, they can't be in there. They've got to stay with you either up in the back corner or in the service, or you're welcome to take them out the foyer. And if you do need to visit your kids during the service, please use the outside door. Don't use this door because it gets a bit disruptive for them and for us. Um, we're on again Wednesday night, 7.30, so you're welcome to join us in the room downstairs. But um, otherwise, who's excited about tonight? Who's excited to hear from Pastor Tony? Yeah. Love Pastor Tony. He always brings a powerful word to mould us and to change us. So, yeah, why don't we stand to our feet and just welcome up Pastor Tony as he comes to bring the word. Thanks, mate. Hello. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We worship you. We give you all the honor that this word change our hearts. Not man speaking, but God speaking by the spirit of his grace. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful mercy. You're a loving God. You're not the God of religion. You're the God of relationship. Today we're in relationship with you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. How are you all doing? Doing good? Awesome. I don't know. Is this okay, boys? That's not me, is it? Breathing? Wow. You all good? Just a quick recap from last week. We talked about the great exchange. And we went into um, what Jesus did on the cross and what he exchanged. And we talked about... We talked about... Um, what happens when you exchange? We talked about exchanging money. If you go overseas and you exchange Australian dollars for American dollars, whatever you exchange, uh, let's say we're exchanging Aussie dollars for American dollars, we get the value of that dollar. And vice versa, if we go from America to Australia, you exchange the value for the dollar here. So something is given. When we talk about the great exchange on the cross, when Jesus exchanged our life for his life religion will tell you that religious people and religion in itself will tell you you're not worthy you're a sinner and the only way to get to god is to be good and keep a whole bunch of laws well i've looked at the ten commandments and i can't keep them maybe you can but i'm not that good and we know that the law was given to show us that we are sinners and when christ came he took and fulfilled the law, took on our life, and gave us his life. Are you with me? And I'm not going to go through all last week. And we spoke about last week how in Deuteronomy talks about, and it's funny, when I was looking at this this week, and I realized that, you know, there's some sins in the Old Testament that if you committed, there was no forgiveness for it. And I didn't know that. 
well, if I, if I knew it, I, did, I didn't realize it because here in Deuteronomy 21, 22, you don't have to go there, but I'll read it. It says, if any man has committed a crime punishable by death and he's put, on a, and he's put to death and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but shall bury him the next day for, for a hangman is cursed by God. In other words, there was, if there was an atrocity done in the Old Testament, it could have been, I haven't even looked them up, but I can tell there's a few there. And it was worthy of death and there was no sacrifice for that forgiveness. They would hang them on a tree and they'd be cursed. And it's interesting, you go through, there's some deaths, there's some crimes in the Old Testament. And for those who don't know, the old Jewish faith, they used to get a lamb or a goat and they put their hand on it. And the priest would confess his sins on the lamb or the goat or the sheep, or the oxen. And then when they did that, it was like that animal partook of the man's sin. So now he becomes the scapegoat. That's where we get it from. Or becomes the sacrifice. So the impartation of sin goes, not on you, but I'll just use you as an example. And then they would speak, and then they'd chop your head off, take the blood, and put it in the altar. But there were some sins there that could not redeem in the Old Testament. So that's a story for another day. But we know when Jesus came, there was no sin that you could not be redeemed from. If there's a sin greater than Jesus, then Jesus, the sin is more powerful than Jesus. But we know that's not true. The problem with today is we don't believe what he's done. And I shared this last week about why don't we honor what Jesus did on the cross? And we talk about last week, the guilt offering, how we walk in guilt and shame and Jesus removed that. But today I want to talk to you about peace. As I, uh, 53 says it this way, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression and he was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So if you have a look at that, it says, this is written, Isaiah 53, Old Testament. was speaking of a future event. Now, a friend of mine was arguing with me about if there's really a God and if which religion is right. And I just said, oh, whatever you want me. But so I want to ask you a question. For a guy who never reads the Bible, I said, read this passage for me. You know nothing about the Bible. He goes, no. I got him to read Isaiah 53. Read the whole lot. So who does that? He goes, that's Jesus. I said, you don't know the Bible. And this was written, I think, 600 years before he was even born. And yet, if you look through it, he could pinpoint that it was talking about a man who was absolutely slayed. And here it says, but he was wounded for our transgression. Transgression just means we broke a law. Put your hand up if you've never sinned here. And I'll, put, and I'll say you're a liar. So you've broken one law at least. The transgression means breaking a law. So wounded is an external wound for an external breaking of the law. He was bruised. A bruising is inside the skin, true? Or inside the body. If I get a punch you, you get a bruise, it's the bleeding inside. For our iniquity, which is of the heart, inside. And the next verse is, and then the chastisement or the punishment or the discipline, because of these two sins or these things that we broke, for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, or the or true translation is wounds, we are healed. That's what Jesus took on the cross. I had a look up this morning, or just, not this morning, this afternoon. They did a study, 
between 60 and 80% of people that visit the doctor is stress-related. Or the lack of peace, you could say. Most cases from this is heart disease, immune system, um, headaches, blood clots, diabetes, and yeah, and there's a list. From the lack of peace. Jesus says, peace I give you, and the peace I leave you, but not of the world. It's interesting that in, in science, science can say most sicknesses, 60 to 80%, are because of stress, fear, anxiety related. Philippians chapter 4. To show you that. Here we go. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. We just read there that scientifically, the biggest one here on my list is heart disease, mental illness, headaches, and diabetes, and a few other motorists. Or from stress. You could say this, all from the lack of peace. Jesus says, here, go back to the next verse. Be anxious. Anxiety is the biggest killer right now. True? Mental illness is on the increase. Bipolar, anxiety, depression. It all stems from fear. But anxiety, say, be anxious for nothing. But everything by prayer and supplication means bring it to God. But how do I get peace when it's, it's, it's okay to say something? It's okay to say, well, I need to be in peace. It's okay to uh, do things to get peace. People say to me, oh, I'm, I'm stressed out. I need to go on a holiday. They go on the holiday, and then the holiday stresses them out more. And they come back, and they go, I can't wait to get back from the holiday. But doing external things is good. That's a bit of fun. That helps. But it'll never remove the inner peace that you need. It's interesting when Jesus talks about this, he talks about it from a perspective, and sometimes we can think religiously, but I can show you through Scripture everything they're saying on TV now about different sicknesses and different diseases and different things. We can relate them back to what the Lord says. He says, do not worry. Do not fear. What are the killers at the moment? Fear, worry, anxiety, depression, especially with the young people at the moment. Australia's got per capita in the world the highest suicide rate. There's something going on. If you have a look today, the young people today have got access to more things than we ever, than people ever did ever. Because there's no peace. The word peace in the Bible means shalom. There you go, Tony. Shalom, which means to be made good, shall surely pay, make restoration, restore all things. The Hebrew word for shalom is well-being, to be well, in good health. The Jews say it, the Arabic, Arabic, we say salam, the Jews say shalom. It means, when they say peace be with you, it means shalom be with you. May your body, soul, and spirit be healthy, to be well with you. Jesus said, I am the prince of. It's interesting to know that on, in Isaiah 53, it talks about the chastisement of his peace was upon him. Sorry, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his wounds we're healed. You know, it's uh, 
Amazing when you look at this scripture and you say, how do I remain in peace throughout life? It's, it's a funny, it's an fun, amazing place to be that when you lose your peace, what happens when you, get into, when you lose your peace in any situation? Hear bad news, get a bad doctor's report, lose your job or whatever. Where did it hit you? It hits you straight here. You, get, you feel gutted because you lost your peace. Here, the peace offering in the Old Testament is very interesting because we're talking about the great exchange. What did Jesus really do on the cross? You know, as a young guy growing up, yeah, he died for my sin. And he was a historical figure. But as I grew into who I was and what, what the scripture says, he died for my sickness. He died for my peace. He died for my joy. It was a great exchange. We live in a world that's fallen. We're human beings. But what Christ has done, John chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. But not as the world gives it. Do I give you to you? Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let you be afraid. Here you go. It talks about the heart again. It talks about don't be afraid, your mind again. It goes hand in hand. You can go through the whole scripture like that. And it's interesting. Can we go back one verse? Oh, no, I didn't give it to you, but verse 26. This is saying that when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come, but the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send, in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And then he tells them that about peace I leave you, the peace I give you. The Holy Spirit's come to teach you the way of peace, to teach you what Christ has done on the cross, to teach you to get out of your own self-righteousness or religious self-righteousness and understand that. I said this, I started at the beginning. Jesus is the God of relationship, not the God of religion. Religion is man's way of getting to God, but Jesus is God's way of getting to man. Amen? Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not about what you eat and drink or what you don't eat and don't drink. Not what you give up or what you don't give up. It's got nothing to do with that. It says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. John, he, in John, he says, I'll send you the Holy Spirit and then I'll leave you my peace. He is saying, when you're in my kingdom, how do you get righteousness, guys? Hmm? The gift of God through righteousness, through the finished work of the cross. In there, I'll get my peace. For I'm no longer guilty. Jesus has forgiven me. I can live in peace and I have the joy of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. It's not about my religious activity, what I do and don't do. It's about who he is, what he's done. Are you with me? John says, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. Romans says, you've got the Holy Spirit, and he manifests that in you. And it's interesting, can I share this with you? I, I get fascinated with the Old Testament because I see Jesus in the Old Testament. I see some weird and wonderful things they do in the Old Testament, but then you can relate it. And they used to do sacrifices in the Old Testament, just like I said earlier. But there was, out of the Leviticus law, there was five different sacrifices of animals they had to do. But three of them were only voluntary. And one of them was the one that's called the peace offering. And it was an offering not compulsory. It's what you wanted to give to the priesthood or to the church, uh, temple to thank God for what he's done for you. Some, uh, some, they call it peace or free will or thanksgiving offering. And they used to get a lamb or a goat or an ox. 
male or female. And what they would do, they'd take it to the priest. The priest would pray on it, kill it, and they would sprinkle the blood. Then they would take the fat. They'd take the best part. Now, to me, chops are the best part. The rump's the best part. To them, it was the liver and the kidneys and the fat. Now, my dad, I grew up watching my dad eating raw liver and drinking aro, but they put that beside the point, you know, having a bit of arak, and this, which is the Lebanese national drink. It's 80%. You can run your car on it, but that's beside the point. And it was white, and then you put water in it. Uh, it was, sorry, clear. And, and they made, anyway, let's not go there. You can't buy it at Liquorland. You have to go to the bloke down the road at Guildford in his garage. He'll give it for you. It's only $20 a bottle. But, no, no, we won't go there. We're not talking about that. Anyway, that was their national drink, all right? I don't know how I went there. But anyway, but they used to drink, drink that and eat liver and kidney. And you've seen it, Rebs. Like, they love that stuff. In the Middle East, the liver and the kidney was the best part of the meat. And meat wasn't easy to get back in those days. So meat was a luxury. And this priest, and if you want to make an offering, it was a Thanksgiving offering. It was a peace offering. It was, you would take it to the temple. You would, you, would, you would offer up this ox or lamb or goat. But the first part of the meat, the liver, the kidneys and the fat was burnt on the altar. And that was given to God. The best part of it. The second part of the, 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 the animal was the breast and the shoulder or the thigh. And that went to the priest, the high priest of the temple. And the rest of it was here for you to eat. And it was interesting, they gave it as a free will offering. In other words, they weren't offering a sacrifice or sowing something to get peace. They were saying, thank you, God, for the peace I've got. And they were partaking in the feed. They were having fellowship in the feed. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, how good is that? How good is it that we can come to God freely and give freely? When I give, help someone, it's not because I want to get something. I give because I'm already blessed. When I pray for someone, not because I want to get something, I've already got it. I just thank him for what I got it. And this was a free will offering. And when they went there, is because someone said, I'm going to make this offering to thank God because the offering itself never brought peace, but you did it because you were in peace. Who wants to be in peace? Story in the Bible about the widow's might. And the widow, the Bible says that Jesus walked into the treasury, and I've heard this preached a thousand times growing up in the church, and Jesus is watching everything you do, and the widow put two coins in the offering. Who knows that story? All right, so it was an old lady that put two coins, two denaries, two mites. And Jesus said, look at that old lady. She put, the Bible says her livelihood, that's all she had, into the offering of the bucket of the treasury of the temple. But the religious people, the Pharisees, he says, they gave out of their abundance. He goes, now who gave the most out of these two? It was the widow. And I've been taught, see, you've got to give it all to God and that. And if you read it in context and read it between the two, two different gospels, Jesus was angry that that woman gave all her money. <laughs> the rubber's gone, sorry. I just want to see how many people left when I said that. The widow put two mites, and you've been told you've got to give it all to God, and you've got to give him your best, and that is true. But Jesus was looking at this woman and says, these Pharisees are ripping this widow off. Because the very next verse, he says, you Pharisees, you teachers of the law, you hypocrites, you snakes, you devour widows' houses. 
The next thing they were going to do to her, say, you must give it all to God if you want to be blessed. You must give it all to God if you want to be healed. You must give it all to God. And guess what? The next thing they'll do, if she's got no more money, is, let's go take a house. And Jesus was spewing. If I had time to unpack that, you would see it in Scripture. But you got to read it in both Gospel accounts. In other words, her offering was from her heart, but it wasn't freely given. It was under compulsion. It was under guilt. It was under, I must do this. But guess who she was giving it to? In her heart, she was giving it to God, but in her, really, she was giving it to the Pharisees because they were stealing everything. And you understand something? Whatever we give to God is freely. You know what Paul says, when you give, give generously? You know what, generously? With joy. Oh, someone's got a need in the church. We should be running to the ATM. I've got to run to the ATM. But they charge me $2 because it's not my ATM. I'll go to the other one. But what I'm trying to say is, this is not a, this is not a message about giving something from you. It's just that when I give freely, when I give something freely, it's out of the joy of what God's already gave me. So you, know, you Remember the lady that washed Jesus' feet? He goes, she's a sinner. She's touching your feet. He goes, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. And, I was not, and then when I brought the offering in the Old Testament, it wasn't compulsory. And it would have been expensive. Because not everyone had a farm. So you had to go buy this. What, was it? what got me about this was that it was given freely and they, you ate from the same animal. In other words, you're eating with the Father and the, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because I'm free. Because the peace of God that passes all understanding. He went to the cross to give us what? To redeem us and to set us free and who the sun sets free that's right and we have the peace of god and that peace of god is in the inner man body soul and spirit because we walk around broken walking around that this is a religious act people say to me all the time oh well if god really loved me but hang on he does love you you're breathing air people say oh i don't need god but god is love when you have a relationship with you know getting married boyfriend girlfriend what happened it's the love compels you well, it was for God so loved the world that he gave up his one and only son. It was for the love of God that he gave up the free will offering. Jesus went to the cross freely. Jesus said, I don't, no one takes my life. I lay it down freely. And it's interesting when you ever look through every word, peace I leave you, peace I give you, but not as the world gives you. You can get a good job and have some peace for a while, but then that job gets boring. Or you can get... Whatever. If it's based on what I have now, it can be snatched away from me. How many people lost their peace in the last two years? Lost their joy? One, one decision shut us down. I was on the phone for months talking to people, wrapped up for months just counseling people on the phone not to kill themselves, not to give up, not to go crazy. Because one decision, because their life was in that. Their life was all about that job or all about that whatever that was involved in. But you couldn't do it anymore. And it broke them. And people are still not recovering. But our joy is not in what this world has to offer. Because in a blink of an eye, if this world can give you peace, this world can take it off you in a blink of an eye. Be anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. I like that. With thanksgiving. If you're not a thankful person... You get nothing from God because you can't, you can't flow through you. Have you met a stingy person? Look to the person next to you and ask them if they're stingy. Uh. 
can't believe he's actually looked to the person next to him. Think about it. Doesn't matter if you've got money or don't have money. If you're a stingy person, man, there's nothing worse than a stingy person. I had a guy, a friend of this, what happened. Every time we went out to get a pizza, no, I'm not hungry. But he always knew that if all the boys got together and bought pizza, there'd be three or four pieces left over. He'd eat those three or four pieces at the end. So he didn't have to pay. Do it every time. Stingy. Scab. But see, if you're a stingy person and you have no thanksgiving in your heart, you have a high expectation of what people need to do for you. So what you put yourself on a pedestal. Some people you can do a favor for. Some people they do a favor for you. But there are some people that put whatever they did for you on an account. And they want to pay you with interest because nothing's ever freely give, given. But here we have a, a, a Lord that in the, in, in the gospel says, be a cheerful giver. Through this Colossians chapter 1. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. He's talking about Jesus. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, here we go, through the blood of his cross. Through the blood of his cross. There's the great exchange. Jesus took what he didn't deserve, that we deserved. He took what we deserved and took upon him the sin. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin, that we could become the righteousness of God. There was an exchange done. With that comes our peace and joy, knowing that we're free, knowing that we're guilt-free, we there's nothing else to pay, it's been paid for us. And he sends us the Holy Spirit to confirm it. He doesn't like my message. It's interesting to know that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now may the God of peace, here we go again, himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. It's not just to have peace in, man, I've got a good job. But what about your heart? What about your mind? What about your soul? Well, I had a guy working for me. He was a functioning alcoholic. At work, he was the best worker. He was so experienced in everything. And he would function, he would work hard, everything. But every night, he'd get blind drunk and pass out. But get up next morning and go to work. He was just a functioning alcoholic. And I said to him one day, at what point are you going to get healed from this? Oh, I'm just having a few drinks. Because I know it's not, it doesn't bother me you're having a few drinks, but every night you're drinking and passing out. But you get up next morning. He was a functioning alcoholic. Outwardly, he looked all right at work, but inwardly he was dying. And that's how he died, in his car. Passed out with a heart attack. They, some believe he drank himself silly and never woke up. Because his body, soul, and spirit did not have peace. Yes, he went to work. Yes, he did all the good things. He got blessed financially. But guess what? Inwardly, he was dying. Jesus doesn't allow that because he said, I've taken the bruising inwardly. I've taken the wounds externally. And I've taken the sin on the cross. I paid for it in full. Any man who comes unto me, I'll never put to shame. Religion is a stumbling block. The Bible says here that the gospel, the good news, the gospel just means good news. 
says it's a stumbling block to the Jews, because he was Jewish and I didn't understand it, and foolishness to the Greeks, which is us. When they say Greeks, the Greek thinkers, the, the um, Greeks from Greece. The liberal thinkers, the theology, the, 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 what do they call them? The ones that believe in genealogies and philosophy and that. So there's two types. There's the real religious Jewish people, and there was just everyone else. And Jesus dying on the cross is foolishness. That's dumb, man. I have something, please. But to the Jews, it was like a stumbling block. We can't believe in that. We have paid a price to get to this point. And Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfillment of what you believe, and I'm the redeemer of what you think is stupid. Open the blind eyes. You know, it was interesting today. It was funny. I was at a foot, footy today. We, I was part of the coaching staff with the kids. And a little boy came up to me. I'm going to say little boy, a young, young teenager. He says, you remember me? I'm looking at him. The eyes haven't looked familiar. It was Rob Shishetti's son. And I could, oh, he's grown. Yes. I'm Rob. Oh, hugged him. And I, oh, I hugged him. Loved him. Haven't seen this kid for, what, three, four years. Dad says hello, he misses you. He's old man. Wow. Prayed for him about at Rav's house probably what, six years ago, seven years ago. Ice addict. Broken. God delivered him. Hasn't touched ice since that day. And to see the fruit of his son hugging me and kissing me. What a blessing. This, this, is, this is why I do what I do. Because the peace of God passes all understanding. You can't get off ice. No program, nothing. No, It's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. It's a finished work. It's complete. The, work, the finished work, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It means finished to completion. Nothing else to do. He's done it all. Because of the power of the cross. Amen. Really blessed me today. I was in tears when I saw that young man. To see what God has done in their life and re the res restoration of the family. The peace offering that God gave us, he offers it to you and me. He offers you that peace. You don't have to walk in your guilt and shame. You don't have to walk in your past. You don't have to walk in what you think is right. You can walk in the freedom that Christ has given you. You can choose to go back and bring up the past, bring up somebody else's past. But the Bible says, I don't remember it no more. Why should you bring it up if God's forgotten it? Religion will, t religion will tell you God hasn't forgotten it. God sees everything you do, but, but according to the scripture, I remember your sins no more. Why, can't, why doesn't God remember my sin anymore? Because he sent his son on the cross to die on a piece of meat on a, on a, on a, on a tree. The Bible says, cursed anyone who's hanged on a tree. God doesn't do double jeopardy. He paid the ultimate price and sent his son to die on a cross so you and I can be forgiven and walk in freedom. That's the truth. That's the truth because... I'm not trying to get to God. I couldn't get to God if I wanted to. But he came to us. He came to you if you believe. That's by faith that we are saved, not by works. But that's the beginning because he sanctifies us with the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus calls out on our behalf. He gives us this peace that passes all understanding. You know, it's, when I read that article about 60 to 80% of sicknesses are because of stress. You can say it this way, out of the lack of peace. And Jesus promised us, peace I give you, the peace I leave you. But it's not coming from this world, it's coming from me by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you what was to come. You're going to teach you that every word the Holy Spirit brings is to glorify Jesus. You understand something, and I forgot to share this last week, and I was thinking about this. Jesus 
was a carpenter. And in those days, building a house, building a table, whatever it was, was big timber. It wasn't, you know, your Bunnings, you know, 60 by 30 or 4B2s or, or Ikea furniture where it clips together and you put a screw in. They cut everything by hand. They shaved it down. It's, and he's working with that every day. Jesus the carpenter working with his father, Joseph, in every day. I don't just picture myself one day when, as Jesus is coming to the, to the point where he's revealing himself as the son of God and he's working with timber and nailing timber. They didn't have, you know, Makita drill sets. They had big nails. And they did everything by hand. And I just wonder every time he nailed a piece of timber to put a table together or to put a frame up, I wonder if he ever thought that that nail is going to go through my hand one day or that nail is going to go through my feet one day or that nail is... I just think, I don't know. I don't know. That's how I think. I don't know. Imagine just, no, this is no good. Man. This is a root. That every day he worked with the very thing that he was going to hang on. Every day since he was a kid. Every day he saw that timber. Cut that timber, nail that timber, and I thought, one day I'll hang on that tree. It was interesting, I saw a documentary the other day, they said, look, crucifixion is is, is a lie. Then they found these um, grave sites, and they found bones. And and in the Jewish culture, when you you don't get buried or cremated, you get put in a box. So when you die, they put you to die until you put your bones in a box, if you're lucky enough, and they store it somewhere in a grave. They dug up this grave, and guess what? They found two ankle bones and nails through the ankle bones and they it looks like they hit a knot when they hit they reckon they look at it and they did a scientific they hit a knot and the, and the nail bent so they couldn't get the nails out so they left them the person died with nails and they come out in that time in that region they're not saying it's jesus but what they're saying is in that time in that space that this was a legitimate form of execution by the romans that the nails are still in the ankle through the sides of the ankle they couldn't obviously they couldn't pull them out because the nail was bent and now they're finding a lot more of them because they're digging up to make it build a car park and they want crucified bodies everywhere. Because that was the lowest form of execution in those days. If you hung on a tree in a Jewish faith or in a Roman, if you're the lowest of the low, you get hung on a cross and die. That's the hardest way to die. Why? It's you're meant to die slowly by suffocation. But the first thing, the reason they put you on a cross in those days was to embarrass you, say you're at the lowest of the low and show everybody, look how low they are. They were all naked, all right? But Jesus went the step further and they whipped him the night before to the point where he had no more skin left on his body. He wasn't recognizable. And hung on a tree or a cross, timber, to be shown to all. That was the form, the most, it was the most undignified way to die, let's put it that way, in that culture. Everything in the scripture is true. So you have to ask yourself, us as believers, those who don't believe, those who are here for the first time, those who are listening online, you have to ask yourself a question. Is Jesus who he says he is? Because we know where he lived, that exists. It's not a myth. We know where he died, that's not a myth. Eyewitness accounts. Every day they find something new in, in Israel. And my question to you is, he's talking to us, look at this, talks to us about things that we are struggling with today. Love, peace, happiness, joy, sickness, guilt, shame, offense. If someone said to me, the Bible's not even relative anymore. Really? Do you need love? Do you need joy? Do you need healing in your body? Do you have a broken relationship? Do you have any unforgiveness? Any hatred? I went through the whole list. He goes, yeah, yeah, but put that aside. Because that's the Bible. Put that aside. 
Jesus says, if you don't forgive my heavenly father, they won't forgive you. And there's a mental institution. I reckon 90% of mental patients started with unforgiveness. They would not forgive. It turned into hatred, turned into bitterness, turned into all these different things. And they end up in a mental institution. This is science. You don't think, wow, Jesus hits the nail on the head every time. Because if we believe that well, what we believe, he's the creator of all things. That he came down as a man to suffer like a man, to walk like a man, to bring us into himself so that we can become like him. He's the Prince of Peace. Can't get peace anywhere else. Jesus is in the storm. They're all panicking. Because what are you panicking for? But don't you care? He was asleep. No, he didn't care. He had control because he had the peace of God. See, when you lose your peace, you start making irrational decisions. When you lose your peace, you start making decisions not based on, based on emotion, based on fear, based on all these things that you shouldn't be. And you can make a decision today that wrecks the rest of your life because you've lost your peace. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I just love that analogy when they, they did a free will offering. What it was? Thank you, Lord. They are under the law. But they still gave up an offering of peace. Why? Because they understood, Gee, God has saved me. I'm reconciled back to God. God is the power, the Almighty, that lives through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we can just get that, just get that bit. I guarantee you, half the problems you got will fall away. Why? I don't care if, if I get that contract. Or, oh, well, I run a business. And I now get to the point where this is my price or... Uh, don't care. God is my provider. He provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not going to lose peace if I get it or don't get it. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. Why? Because he provides all. I can tell you testimony after testimony after. I'm going to tell you a quick story and I'll close. Can I share this about when we got diagnosed? No? Okay, I don't share it. Just hold everyone. Okay, so many years ago, I was done that went, yeah? All right. Let's just say a person named Janet. That's not here. <laughs> now, it was a bad time for us, and so we'd lost everything and all that sort of stuff. And I had to go. I was with a, a, a colleague from work. He just come with me for a drive. I need to go have a look at a unit. He was a real estate agent. And I've got to just see the owner. I knew the owner, but I was just going for a drive. When I got there, they're looking at the unit because they're going to put it on the market for sale. And he had got someone to, to paint it. And that was what I was doing at the time. Still then. And Janet calls me and says, listen, um, I went to the doctor and I did a blah, 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 blah. And this is what happened. I went, well. Now, what had happened at the time, we had our health fund. We had a health fund, you know, that when my kids were playing footy and I was playing footy. And, and we used, you know, the health fund for physios and what have you. It lapsed. So, we, you know, we went through financial ruin. We lost everything and... We rang them up. They wouldn't renew it. And we'd been with them for 10 years. Said, Man. And there was all these procedures that we had to do and all this sort of stuff. And isn't it amazing? I was at that place at the right time. I get a... I'm standing there thinking, oh, I've got to go, man. My wife just this and that. I said, this, there's an amount of money we had to pay to get tests done or whatever at the time. You know, it was amazing. The guy looked at me out of nowhere. He didn't know what's going on. He said, listen... Why can't you paint this? I go, what do you mean? I said, haven't you got someone? He goes, yeah, but I don't like him. Can you do it? And the amount of the job was the amount that we needed to the dollar. 
I was at the, I wasn't, it wasn't even meant to be at this job. I wasn't quoting the job. I was just there for a drive. And I just, throughout the time, and I wasn't at a place of faith where I had that faith I have today. And God was walking with me like a son throughout there. You know, little steps, little steps. This is years ago. And I thought, and I can tell you a story. Every time when I needed to have a, have a need, God would come through. That was just, I was there at the wrong place. I shouldn't even be there. I just went for a drive. I didn't want to go, but he got me in the car. And then straight away, God provided my need according to his riches. We didn't even need it. But what I'm trying to say to you is, he knows what you need. The Bible says, when you pray, don't babble and talk rubbish. Speak what's in your heart because he already knows what you need. He just wants you to believe that he can give you whatever he does. Can we stand? You know, the Lord speak to my heart about baby steps. You know, you might not be where you're at with your walk and with your faith and with what your journey is. But be quick to bring back to the, come back to the Prince of Peace. Be quick to live, because he'll walk you through every situation. See, the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, I am the Prince of Peace. The peace I give you and the peace I will leave you. And it's not of the world. I don't care what you do in this world, there'll be no peace. But he can put you, put peace inside you if you believe. See, it's having a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with a denomination or have a relationship with a religion. It doesn't change you. Great. I'm all for that. But it doesn't change you. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what happens? He exchanges my life and gives me his life. That's the great exchange. And when I start to believe, I'm going to walk like him. I'm going to try and think like him. I'll never be him. But I can tell you what he's got for me in his kingdom is greater than what i got in this kingdom. Because my kingdom here is about food and drink, about what I wear and don't wear, what I owe or don't owe. What I owe. No, no, no. But his is righteousness, that I'm right standing with God. Peace, that I have the peace of God that passes. And joy, well, the Lord is my strength. Imagine those three things. I'm righteous, forgiven, sanctified, set free. I walk in the peace of God that passes understanding. And the joy of the Lord is, I'm in strength because of the joy of the Lord. It's a very simple message. But it's one that we lack because... You know what? When we lose our peace, we lose our joy, guess what? We detach ourselves from the finished work of the cross because it, it's a finished work. And I'm here to tell you that don't lose your peace. Time to move on from your past. Time to, to, time to say, what if? No more what ifs or why not or how come? Get that out of your body. He's got to say, thank you, Lord where I'm going. It's got to be, thank you, Father, where you're taking me. Thank you, God, where I'm going to end up. I praise you, Jesus, for what you've done with me. Thank you that I've got good family around me, good friends around me. Thank you, Father, that I'm on the journey. Thank you, Father, that this is, the, this is what comes out of our mouth, thanksgiving. If you start with thanksgiving, guess what? Automatically, the Prince of Peace comes flowing through you. I can camouflage it with work, money, alcohol. All, I can camouflage all that. But you know what? Bible says, do not be of good cheer. Don't lose heart. You know what? Because your heart is very important. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Because his love is great. His mercy endures forever. And God's taken us to a place of a higher dimension with him. And no matter what comes your way, if we're built on the rock, no matter if the floods or the winds come, you can stand. That's a promise from Jesus. So thank you, Lord, for tonight.
I thank you that your peace that passes all understanding. I ask for supernatural peace. The peace of God that heals my body. The, the, the peace of God that tells me that I'm loved by the Father. The peace of God that doesn't reject me when I fail. The peace of God that says, no matter what you're like, come to me and I'll make you clean. I can restore you. I can redeem you. The peace that says that everything everything that comes from Jesus is not a lie, but everything that comes from this world is a lie. Everything is fading in this world, but Christ's word never fades. He's overcome this world. And I thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for your sweet presence of your peace that passes all understanding. We lift up holy hands and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We can move from religion to relationship. We can move from sin to sainthood. So we can move from being excommunicated to part of the family, adopted as sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, have your way. And he can heal your broken heart tonight. Jesus is the one that leaves the 99 and searches for that one. You may be that one tonight, but don't reject his calling. Because we're not asking you to join a church. We're not asking you to join a, a membership. We're asking you to give your life to the Almighty. The one that knows you, and one that loves you, the one that died for you, the one that cares for you. Just like that peace offering. It's a free will offering. I freely give my life to Jesus and let him take me anywhere he wants me to take because the benefits outweigh. Greater he that's in me, in you, than he that's in the world. So, Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for your sweet presence tonight. Thank you that you have overcome. You have conquered and made us more than conquerors. And I'm solidly fixed on you, Jesus. My eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm anchored in his love right now. And I'm steadfast in knowing you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Remove all these anxieties and fears from my life, Lord. And I thank you for that tonight. I thank you. We don't just come every week here just to feel good. We come here to change and be transformed. Spirit of grace transforms you, empowers you to overcome. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Is a loving God is a loving Father. Jesus is the loving Son, and Holy Spirit is the empowerment that creates the love of God in us. Lord, I pray no weapon formed against my brothers and sisters tonight shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up, we condemn. For we are the heritage of the Lord. And I give you thanks and praise. Thank you today that we change. By your spirit, Lord, let the wind of your spirit flow. And we love you, Lord. We thank you in advance about what you're about to do. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Because you are so good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, well thank you so much. Be blessed. Floor's open if you need prayer, but...